shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it, Lord. We gather today as your people here in your presence, Lord, seeking you and waiting on your promises. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. My name is Zach Daniel. I'm the lead pastor here in Antioch, uh, Dallas. What's that distracting noise? We've got, we've got some <laughs> rushing wind. <laughs> some sound issues. Are you able to get the background noise down? All right, that was part of the lesson today, for real. I asked them to do that. Why? Because it's hard to hear my voice with all the other noise around, right? But when we turn down the background noise, it allows a voice to come through clearly. And over the next 21 days as a church, we're entering into a time of prayer and fasting where we're seeking to turn down the background noise of all of our lives, all the media that we're inundated with every day in order to tune in, to hear the Lord's voice and to hear God speak in a fresh way. So I'm really excited about this and excited for us to be together today as we kind of enter in. The fast starts tomorrow. And remember, uh, we do all kinds of fasting here at our church. We often do food fast. This year, the thing that we felt prompted for, for our 21 days of prayer and fasting is a media fast, turning off of social media, turning off of you know, kind of all the news and the TV shows and the YouTube videos and the podcasts and all the stuff that we just take in all the time, turning that off for a season of three weeks in order to tune in to the Lord's voice and what he wants to do. Kind of the general theme of this time is Holy Spirit come because we need the Lord's presence and his power poured out in our midst in a fresh way. And so over the course of the next three weeks, on Sunday morning, we will be focused on our 21 days of prayer and fasting here as we gather in our life groups. They're going to be devoted to prayer this month, calling out to the Lord for breakthrough. We're going to have prayer meetings going that you can be a part of. If you'll look on our website, there's a schedule of prayer meetings where we can jump in. And it's a time for the church to pray and to fast and to seek the Lord. Holy Spirit, come. And as we get started today, I wanted to tell you a uh, a story that I find particularly inspiring when we think about a church praying and fasting and seeking the Lord. After World War II, uh, many of you know this, Germany was divided kind of into two regions, Eastern Germany and Western Germany. Uh, and Western Germany was given to the, uh, <clears throat> the US, the, Brit uh, the British, kind of the allies, and Eastern Germany was given kind of to the uh, Soviets under Soviet kind of leadership and control. So West Germany became uh, capitalist, became democratic, kind of worked for freedom. East Germany uh, became socialist. They had a tightened economy. They ended up stagnating the economy. Uh, they had state police that would watch your every move and put people in jail or take them off if you said or did the wrong thing. It was very oppressive and controlling. Western Germany went on to have the most prosperous economy in Europe. Eastern Germany, just right next to them, was in poverty. And this is how it continued for around 30 years after World War II. There was a wall, you probably remember it, called the Berlin Wall that divided Berlin 
between West Germany and East Germany, and that was the demarcating line that you couldn't pass freely between. And it was like, though they were of the same uh, nationality, they were living in two different worlds. Well, in the beginning of the 80s, in 1982, I believe, uh, there was a church in Germany named the Church of St. Nicholas uh, that was led by a gentleman named Christian Fuhrer. He was a pastor, and they began to gather on Monday nights to pray for God to move in their nation and to bring freedom, to bring liberty, to bring restoration, to bring justice, and they began to pray. Now, it was a small handful that would gather for these prayer meetings. They said their church was very small, and they would gather, the few that would come, they would gather on Monday nights, and they would pray. And the thing that they would use to guide their prayers were the Beatitudes from the Sermon on the Mount. Essentially, they would pray through Jesus' most famous sermon. They would pray through that for an hour, and then they would go out into the streets to uh, call for liberty. They would march and they would uh, make their voice known, a small group of people. Well, they would do that week in and week out and oftentimes prayer meetings, uh, you know, they don't grow large. Many, many prayer meetings are very, very small uh, and you don't need a large prayer meeting to make a big difference. But this prayer meeting, as the years went on, slowly began to draw people from different walks of life, different backgrounds, believers and non-believers, but there was something they were drawn to about the presence of the Lord, about the way of Jesus, about calling out for the Lord to come and to move and to bring freedom and restoration to their land. By 1988, that small handful of intercessors that was meeting weekly had grown to 600 people that would gather on those Monday night prayer meetings to call out to the Lord to move. Uh, into 1989, a short three years later, that 600 swelled to 4,000. So now there's starting to be this movement of people coming together to pray and seek the Lord and to call out for the way of Jesus in their land, a way that they distilled into a way of nonviolence, a way of peace, and a way of freedom. By the end of September 1989, what began as 4,000 people swelled to 70,000 people would gather. There's so many people at this point, they could not fit in the church, so they would spill into the streets. There were so many people gathering to pray and then marching peacefully through the city that the state felt threatened. So they began to put words out that they were going to shut down this prayer meeting by any means necessary. And they began to build makeshift hospitals in the streets in preparation for the bloodbath that was to come. On October the 9th, as intercessors were going to church, they could see lining the rooftops, they could see soldiers with guns. They could see tanks in the streets as they filed into this church and the immediate areas around them. Needless to say, this was very intense, but they gathered like they had been doing for a number of years to read through the Sermon on the Mount, 
to pray the Beatitudes and then to walk through the neighborhoods peacefully calling out for the way of Jesus in their nation. That night when they went, there was a sense of this might be the last night that we gather to pray and this might not end uh, in anything but bloodshed on, uh, by the state. But the group of intercessors had committed to the way of Jesus. They had committed to the way of nonviolence. And so when they prepared to go out into the street that night, they gave everyone a candle that they would have to hold with both hands to keep lit so that no one would be tempted to use their hands in other means. They had no idea what was coming. So they walk through the streets and they're praying and they're chanting, no violence, no violence, no violence, hoping that that will be true. Well, people debate over what actually happened that night, but for whatever reason, the state did not do anything. They stood back and watched. And the prayer meeting built a little more confidence. They gathered the following week and the following week, and that 70,000 grew to 120,000 and then a 300,000 gathering to go through the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount to pray for an hour and then to go out and peacefully march in their city. Well, word got around to other cities within Germany and other protests, other prayer meetings marked and styled after this one in Leipzig would, they were inspired by it, and so they would gather. And so much pressure and momentum of people gathering in the way of Jesus to call out for freedom and justice. So many people gathered that it put enough pressure on the state that the Berlin Wall came down. The Berlin Wall came down shortly thereafter, and one state official said this in an unguarded admission to a journalist. He said, we were prepared for every eventuality. We were prepared for everything that could take down our empire except for candles and prayers. Except for candles and prayers. And a nation was changed. And I share that story with you in light of the events of this week to contrast what we're seeing in our nation with what the followers of Jesus have been about and what our brothers and sisters in Germany have modeled for us of a church praying, calling out to the Lord for breakthrough and walking in the way of Jesus. And I'm so excited for us in this season to be a church on our knees, to be a church committed to practicing the way of Jesus. If there's ever a time uh, in our recent history where we've needed the church to press in in prayer, this is the time. So I'm excited for us tomorrow and I'm excited for you, whether you're here in our sanctuary or you're watching online right now, you're connected with our church somewhere, I'm excited for all of us and I would encourage everyone to find some way to participate in this time. As a church, we're going to be calling out for Holy Spirit, come. And in our individual lives, I know there are needs and desires all across our church of people needing and wanting breakthrough in our own personal lives. You uh, received a, a booklet 
on your way in, or if you were here in our sanctuary last week, you received one, or you've been watching online, we have it posted on our website. That's a little guide to the 21 days of prayer and fasting, Holy Spirit come, and it walks you through kind of our churches, one big thing, which we're praying as a community, Holy Spirit come, but it also gives some prompts to help you identify what's the one thing that you want to pray into this season over the next 21 days, the one area of breakthrough. As I shared last week, our church has a rich history when we've come together in times of prayer and fasting of seeing the Lord move in power. And I'm excited to see the breakthroughs that come out of us gathering this year and going through it. So you have that, and I wanna make sure that you get this before uh, you go home. If you've not picked one up or if you're watching online, log on to our website and you can download it there. Uh, but I wanna speak to one question that you might be asking where you're like, okay, Zach, uh, cool, I get the idea. We're gonna turn down all the noise. We're gonna you know, kind of check out of social media for a couple weeks. We're gonna check out of the news and the NFL playoffs and, and all of those things. I, I, I get that. That sounds kind of painful, but I also get the idea of pressing into the Lord. But if I pray the church's one big thing, I pray my one big thing. I even do the declarations at the back of this book. I'm like five minutes into my night, and now I have several hours. I don't know what am I going to do. What am I going to do? And what I hope to do now is to help you and model for you as we turn down the background noise. I want to help you learn how to tune in to the Lord's voice and the Lord's presence. So if you'll pull out your Bible, you'll pull out a journal, today is going to be very participatory and interactive. So when we kind of begin this time and all the screen time that we're used to, right, is put on pause, I imagine we did this for a week last, last year, my thumbs kind of started twitching after about 10 minutes, if I'm honest, and probably twitched all, all week long, right? So it's gonna be a challenge. It's probably gonna take us about a week just to detox from all the stimulus that we're used to, and then really to lean in. But how are we going to lean in together? How are we going to tune in to the Lord's voice? I wanna give you some simple things that you can do over the next 21 days that will help you uh, pray and fast for all it's worth. So first thing that we're gonna practice today is gratitude. If you've been a part of our church for a while, you know that we uh, preach and practice thankfulness. First uh, Thessalonians 5 tells us it is the will of God for his people to give thanks in all circumstances. So if you wanna know God's will for your life, it's to be thankful. And we pursue a practice of thankfulness. And in this season, this is one thing that you can do as we tune into thankfulness, we're able to hear the Lord's voice much more clearly from a heart posture of gratitude. I was reading this week that brain scientists have discovered that people with a practice of gratitude, with a habit of gratitude, they recover faster from trauma. If you felt like this last year has been traumatic, which I imagine if we had a show of hands, that's all of us. One way that we can find resiliency 
is by practicing gratitude. They said that gratitude neurologically relieves stress and pain. It improves our overall health. And it's even been shown to help people who struggle with depression experience more mental health. The practice of gratitude. So over this time, I want to encourage you each day to spend some time writing down things that you are thankful for to the Lord. God, thank you that uh, I woke up this morning. God, thank you for my family. God, thank you that I have a warm house or thank you that I'm you know, going to this or going to that. Like, Just what are things that you can thank the Lord for? And I wanna encourage you to not just express thanks privately to the Lord, but also express your thanks to people by writing people some thank you cards. We're in a time where people need encouragement, where they need appreciation, where they need to know that somebody is thankful for them. And we have the opportunity to extend gratitude to others. So we're gonna start right now, whether on your phone or a journal or something you have. If you're at home, pull something out to write something down with or type something down with. But we're gonna start, and I'm gonna challenge everybody here to list five things you're thankful for and then write down one person that you could write a thank you note to this week. I'm not gonna hold you accountable for writing the note. This is just practice, so you get the idea, okay? So write down five things that you're thankful for and then one person that you could express gratitude toward this week. While you're writing, I know gratitude is trendy in our nation. As the people of Jesus, we're not writing gratitude to the universe out there. We're writing gratitude to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We're focused on him. It's in just kind of positive thinking. It's expressing gratitude toward the Lord for who he is, what he's done in your life. As you write those things down, the second thing I would encourage you to do to tune in to the Lord's voice is to worship. We start with gratitude, we start with giving thanks, and then we move into worship. Honoring God for who he is. Worship simply means expressing our love to God. So we take time to tell God we love him. We take time to declare, Lord, you're good. Lord, you're kind. Lord, your presence is here. Uh, if you want to know how to do that, take the songs that we did this morning. They'll be available on our YouTube page. There's an Antioch Dallas playlist that we have on our website, on Spotify, that you can listen to the worship songs that we sing. But it's a simple way. Take some songs, listen through them, and sing them there in your apartment or your house or on your walk or wherever it may be. But we want to enter into worship. Now, I'm not going to have us practice that right now because hopefully we've all been practicing that for the first portion of our service. But it's gratitude, and then we move into worship, and then we move into scripture and prayer. Scripture and prayer. And there's a lot of different ways that we can read scripture. 
There's a lot of different ways we can pray. What I wanted to lead us in today, modeled after that prayer meeting in East Germany that I told you about, was for us to take the Sermon on the Mount, which starts in Matthew chapter five, and to pray through it. This is called pray reading scripture. So if you'll open your Bibles or pull up your app to Matthew chapter five, This is Jesus' most famous sermon. It's one of the ones that he's most well-known for. It's the greatest sermon ever preached. And it outlines, this is the way of Jesus. And so what we do when we come to pray, read scripture, is we're going to read the scripture, and then we're going to let it formulate our prayers. So we're going to pray God's word back to the Lord. And as we pray, it shapes us but it also moves, it releases power. So first beatitude, Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So I want you, where you are, we're just gonna read this together. So it's blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So on the count of three, we're just gonna read that. One, two, three. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So what this means, Jesus comes into the world and he says, if you are in need, if you feel impoverished, if you know your lack, I pronounce my blessing on you and I have a kingdom that I have prepared for you. As I was thinking about this, this speaks to me about how humility in our lives of realizing our need and acknowledging our need makes our hearts receptive to God's grace. God wants to pour out his grace, but when we don't realize our need or we hold on to pride and we think we're self-sufficient, we harden that soil and we can't take the rain of grace in. But Jesus comes and he says, hey, all those places you feel needy, you don't have to act with me. You don't have to put on appearances with me. You, You can be real. And I want you to know that I'm speaking a blessing over your life and have a kingdom prepared for you. So the way we turn that into prayer is I'm just gonna do it, I'm gonna model it for you. You can get an insight into my FaceTimes with the Lord. This is what you can do as we turn down the background noise and tune into the Lord's voice. Jesus, thank you that you come and you pronounce blessing on people that have need. Lord, I pray that you would help me to realize my need in all the places where I'm prideful. I pray that you would bring more revelation of my need for you and my need for help, Lord. You'd help me to be humble, Lord. God, thank you that in those places where I feel needy, where I feel lack, that you speak a promise, that you have a kingdom that you've prepared for me to enter into. God, help me to see that inheritance. Help me to see that promise. Help me to be motivated by that promise, Lord, that it would help me resist the temptation to be pride, to be proud, to be self-sufficient, Lord, and help me to be humble. So just pray that. Next one, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. If you mourned this week, Jesus is saying, there's a blessing for you. I promise to comfort you in the places of your pain. It's powerful. So we just pray that, Jesus, thank you that I don't have to be afraid of pain, I don't have to be afraid of mourning. I don't have to avoid it, Lord. 
Thank you that in every area that I've mourned this week, every area of pain, Lord, that you are promising that you want to bring comfort there, that you're the one who binds up the brokenhearted, Lord. God, I pray that you would come and meet me in my grief, Lord. I pray you'd come and meet me in my mourning over the state of our nation in this time. Pray that you'd come and meet me in my grief over just the injustice that is all around, Lord, the iniquity of our hands, God. I pray that you would come and you would meet me there. You would meet us there, Lord, with your comfort. You would heal our hearts, Lord, and you would lead us in a new way. In Jesus' name. Move on to the next one. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Uh, The word meek means powerless. So if you feel powerless to enact change in our world. You look at the events and you're like, I don't feel like I have any power to do anything. Jesus says, I have a blessing for you. And in fact, you are the one that will inherit the earth. As we realize our powerlessness, we realize that God is one who moves on behalf of those who lack power, who lack prestige, who lack affluence and political influence and worldly influence. He moves on behalf of the powerless. So we just take it. Jesus, thank you that you move on behalf of the powerless, Lord. Every place I don't feel power, God, you say, Lord, that it's actually in that place of looking to you, Lord, that you will lead and you will move and you will guide. And I pray that for me and I pray that for every person in our nation that feels powerless that feels like they have lack, that feels like they're just out of resources and don't know what to do, Lord. Thank you that you come and you speak a blessing to us in those places. Okay, you get the idea? So this next one we're gonna do together, okay? So the next one is, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. So instead of me praying out loud this time, I'm gonna ask you to read that verse and for you to pray, just like I've been doing. So you're, you're gonna need to open a Bible or pull out your phone. Like we're gonna be interactive. All right. So blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they'll be filled. So I'm gonna be quiet. I wanna encourage you, whether you're in the sanctuary or you're online, to talk and talk to the Lord and take this scripture and turn it into prayer. So I'm gonna give you a minute to do that. If no one does it, it's gonna be fairly awkward because it'll be quiet. But that's okay, we're gonna press in. Go for it. All right, next one is blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. So I want to encourage you to take that, and this will be our last one we do together in this section, but take that and turn it into a prayer.
All right, so to turn down the background noise and tune in to the Lord's voice. Everybody say, turn down the background noise. <laughs> tune in to the Lord's voice. We're gonna do that through gratitude, through worship, through scripture, and prayer over the coming weeks. And if you'll fill in those spaces where it might normally be filled in with a, a TV show, it might normally be filled in with Instagram scrolling, it might normally be filled in with whatever YouTube channel you like, if, you, if you'll say, I'm gonna pause that for three weeks and I'm gonna let myself be filled up and tune in to the Lord's voice, well, the church, uh, we have a history of what happens when the church gives us gives ourselves to fasting and to prayer. And I'll just read that line again from the, from the story I opened with as we close. The governmental officials said, we were prepared for every eventuality, but not for candles and not for prayers. This the church on her knees, calling out to the Lord in prayer that releases power for transformation in our lives, in our church, in our city, in our nation, and the nations of the earth. So with that, I wanna invite you to stand. So we're going to be uh, praying and fasting from media. I encourage you to do some food in there as well, but praying and fasting from media starting tomorrow and we'll be going until January the 31st. So three weeks, 21 days. Take your guide, jump in a prayer meeting, jump in a life group this week, and we'll see you on Sunday as we gather just to sow in together more into the place of prayer. I'm gonna pray, and then we're gonna worship to close our time. Jesus, thank you for the invitation to come before you in prayer, Lord. I pray that you would help us. I just know my own weakness Lord, I know my own proclivity just to get distracted. Lord, I know my own proclivity just to look for just what's the newest story or what's going on here or there, Lord. I pray that you would help me and you'd help all my friends here in our sanctuary, all my friends watching online, Lord. Would you help us to turn down the background noise over the next few weeks, Lord? And would you help us to tune into your voice? Would you help us to take our place in the place of prayer, Lord? And we know that as we pray, Lord, that you come and you move and you make it your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we're asking for that. We say, Holy Spirit, come in Jesus' name.